TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Jim Cowles, MLB Pipeline. He's on the SDCCU Fan Hotline. Jim, thanks for joining us. How are you doing this morning? Doing good. Doing good, guys. How are you doing, AJ? Great. How are you? Uh, in the throes of the draft, but at least I enjoy it. So uh, <laughs> so it's, it's fun, but it's a lot of work. The draft's only, I think, uh, if I'm counting correctly, 11 days away right now. Yeah, I'm sure it's one of your busiest times of year. We're, we're going to take you off the draft for a second though and, and ask sure. you about Mackenzie Gore just because he's been so dominant he's I, I didn't think we'd see a guy be able to replicate what Paddock did last year and he might be even better than that uh where is he in his progression and how close do you think he is to toward making a, a leap to double a uh, you know well as you guys know I mean I I adore all things Mackenzie Gore I, I would have taken a number one overall in the 2017 draft and I think he's right there, you know, right now in all of baseball with Casey Mize, who was the number one pick last year, number one overall pick by the Tigers, and Forrest Whitley. Those are the three best pitching prospects in baseball. And, you know, they're, they're just guys, and Casey Mize is doing it in the Tiger system too, who are just too good for their level. And I think Mackenzie Gore, even though he's only 20 years old, is carving up the Cal League. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. You know, I mean, he, I, I think he could have done this last year if he didn't have the blister problems, and he just never was quite, you know, himself and in a routine. And, and we're seeing the guy that people raved about in 2017. I, I, I think he's ready to go up now. And I'm going to go ahead and, and, and just be bold here, because I guess I have to be bold with all things Mackenzie Gore. The Padres keep playing well, and, and they're in the wild card race, and I don't think they're going anywhere. No, 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 not not this year. You're not saying this year, Jim. I'm I'm just going to say, if they're contending, and he does this, let's say he goes on a run of eight or ten starts like this in double-A, I think it's just like Casey Mize with the Tigers, and the reason Casey Mize is not in the big leagues right now, and he's older than McKenzie, is because the Tigers are terrible, and there's no reason to promote him. If the Potters contend and McKenzie Gore continues to dominate, I think you got to look at, at thinking about being bold and calling him up, because you guys mentioned Chris Paddock. How many innings are you getting out of Chris Paddock this year? You well, 150 at least. At least. I would, I mean, I was at just going to say, I don't think okay, most, most teams want to, like, go 50, you know, roughly 50 innings more than the guy did the year before. I think it's 150 innings most. And as great as Chris Paddock has been, you know, and maybe hopefully they'll be smarter, the Padres will, than the, the Nationals were with Steven Strasburg years ago. You know, maybe skip a start here and there. But, you know, I, I don't think you're getting 32 starts you know, 180 innings out of Chris Paddock at the big league level. So I, I, I know I'm crazy. I've been crazy on Mackenzie Gore the whole time since he was in high school. I'm just saying, when you pitch like this in the minors, like Chris Paddock did last year, it's usually an indication that you're ready for the big leagues. I'm not saying jump in from Lake Elsinore, but if you put Mackenzie Gore in double-A soon and he pitches like this for, for a couple of months in double-A, then, yeah, I would consider putting him in the big leagues. I mean, look at Chris Paddock last year. He had crazy numbers. And his pure stuff isn't necessarily as good as Mackenzie Gore's. And people are like, oh, you know, he doesn't have much of a breaking ball. How's this going to play in the big leagues? Well, it's playing pretty well in the big leagues. So I, I would just throw that out there. You, you can add that to my list of crazy things I've said about Mackenzie Gore in my lifetime. And, and I am qualifying it. You know, I, he, we need to see him in double-A first. But if he pitches like this in double-A and the Padres are contending, 
then I, I'd consider calling him up. But th- doesn't he have the same kind of innings limit problem, though, that, that Chris Paddock had? Because Paddock threw 90 innings last year, and he's going to be capped at, hopefully, you know, at the top end 150. Mackenzie Gore, with that blister problem, only threw 60 and two-thirds innings last year. He's already at 42 right now. So at, by the end, back end of the year, wouldn't they be shutting him down as well? So that would kind of preclude them from bringing him up because he does have, again, another innings limit just like Paddock does, and probably maybe around 100 for him this year, maybe 110? Don't confront me with logic. Um, yeah, I, I, I apologize. Really this hits my weakness. I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that part of it. Yes, the, the, that, the, the same issue I'm bringing up with Paddock, you know, works for Mackenzie Gore as well. So, but, but I, you're right. I, I, I mean, guess, he's so excited. We want to see this. Yeah. So I, I guess I, maybe I'll tamp it down a little bit because, like, you know, his innings limit is going to be tighter. But tamp it down a little bit. I, I, will, I will go out on the limb then and suggest that if Mackenzie Gore continues to pitch like this and duplicates Chris Paddock's year, you know, where he dominates, you know, high A and double A, even though he's two years younger than Chris Paddock, I think you got to give a look to Mackenzie Gore making next year's opening day rotation. Yes, the, the, the draft has clouded my uh, my brain a little bit, and I was not thinking of Mackenzie Gore's innings limit as well, but you're right. I mean, it's going to be interesting. He probably only has about another 70 innings this year. I think it's perfectly fair to, to suggest that Gore could be in the opening day rotation next year. I mean, you look at the way oh, yeah. the Padres have progressed, the, the pitchers they've drafted so quickly, and with Gore's raw stuff, it's it's probably better than any of the other guys that have been there. That's kind of the next thing I wanted to I wanted to ask you. The, the Padres under AJ Preller have drafted a lot of guys who have progressed very fast to the major leagues. What is it about the organization? Are they drafting the right guys? Are they developing them fast? What is it that that has allowed them this much success this quickly? Through the draft, I think it's a combination of things. One, it's drafting the right guys. I mean, Mackenzie Gore is special. You know, Ryan Weathers is very advanced for his age. Uh, you know, the Potters will tell you a guy like Luis Patino. Uh, you know, he kind of, I mean, nobody saw him becoming what he what he did. I mean, they liked the arm. They didn't think it was going to be this good. You know, Logan Allen was advanced for his age. I, I think it's a combination of, of great scouting. Great player development, and I just think it's an aggressive mentality that starts with with AJ and kind of you know permeates the whole organization. I mean, you, you go back to his time with the Rangers, and, and AJ was you know a big part of their success, and a lot of that success was being bold and aggressive with with signing players and developing him, developing them, and I think they're just kind of continuing that here. They're their, their second round pick. I'm looking through 2017 right now, and of course that's when they got McKenzie Gore third overall. Their second round pick was Luis Camposano, the catcher, who all of a sudden he's at a ball right now along with Gore, and he's hitting more with 300. We thought that he'd be a very good defensive catcher, maybe maybe the best two way catcher in the system. Would you say that, Jim? And and yeah. how how quickly is he going to start pushing for playing time as well? Because this kid coming out of high school in 2017, he looks like he's picking up the game incredibly quickly as well. I mean, how how many guys are there that we don't even really talk about that? much yeah i mean i i think there's a lot of guys who get lost in the in the shuffle a little bit because the system's so deep you know like like chukapita marcano is, is kind of a sleeper that i don't think a lot of people know about with camposano I, I, you know he's a catcher so those guys develop more slowly i'd also say i mean he is off to a nice start the cal league is an offensive league even if mckenzie gore and, and chris paddock before him did not make it look that way so you know camposano is probably a, a year at a time type of guy um, so I think you're realistically for him looking at him being up sometime in 2021, you know, to be like the toward the end of that year, because um, he's young and, and catching takes time to develop. But no, I mean it's, I mean that's the exciting thing about the system, even with, you know, Tatis is up and Mejia's up and, and Paddock's up and Luis Arias was up and will probably be back at some point. 
I mean, there's a ton more talent coming, and, and I mean, you know, AJ, you did our, our top 30 this year, um, you know, so you know how loaded they are, but but it really, I mean, this is an organization that, if you took the guys in their 21 to 30 range, some of those guys might make the top 10 of lesser farm systems. I mean, one of my one of my favorite prospects in the system, and he's super young and crazy good too, and you may see him in San Diego this year, is Andres Munoz, who's 20 years old and throws like 102 miles an hour with a, a nasty slider, and we did a an Arizona Folly broadcast two years ago when I think he was only 18, the youngest guy in the league, and it was it was a game where Ronald Acuna hit two home runs. So Joe McGray and I were just laughing at how easy Ronald Acuna was making the game look, and then Munoz came in to pitch the eighth inning or so, and I think he, he hit 99 or 100, and his slider was like 89 or 90 and basically breaking straight sideways, and we were laughing at him. We were like, this is ridiculous. I mean, that, that day... You know, he's 18 years old. His stuff would have gotten big leaguers out. I mean, it was crazy. And, you know, he needs to stay healthy and be more consistent. But, you know, I mean, and there's a guy that, like, I don't think many people who who aren't diehard Padres fans have probably ever heard of. And they might soon. I, I think that's the interesting thing with the Padres system is is how deep it is, and we've heard about that for a long time. Now in 2019, there are guys at the at the front end that are graduating. So you, Chris Paddock's off the board. Fernando Tatis is going to be off the board. Mejia, Urias, those kind of guys. I, like you said, I, I put together most of the top 30 this year, but I don't, I don't have uh, the, the framework to compare them to the rest of the league. When these guys have graduated, is the Padres system deep enough that it's still one of the elite systems, if not the elite system in baseball, even once these guys are gone, maybe this summer or, or the following winter? Well, I think when you you, know, you take a Paddock and a Tatis and a Mejia and an Urias off, they won't be number one. Because, I mean, depth does matter, but a lot of it's star talent. But... It's amazing to say that you're going to lose four guys like that, you know, four potential all-stars, and it's still going to be, uh, you know, it's hard for me to say, like, cause unless you, like, sit there and break down each system, which I haven't done recently. But it, it's, you know, I can't pinpoint exactly where they'd rank, but it's still going to be a top-ten system. It, it's still, they won't be as top-heavy as, as they were. You know, I think they had, what was it, AJ, 10 of our top 100 prospects coming into the year? Um, and they yeah. had a couple guys graduate. They won't have 10 of those guys, but they still will have one of the deepest systems around. And it's just, it's it's amazing. And I'll just throw this out there, too. I, I, I applaud the Padres. I give them a ton of credit. I understand why teams do what they do with service time, and, and it makes sense from a business standpoint. It would have been very easy for the Padres to say, you know what, we haven't been very good for a while. Ah, you know, Tatis, you know, and Paddock, you know, hadn't even played in AAA, so we're going to give them, you know, a month or six weeks there. And I applaud the Padres for, for recognizing these are the best players we have and bring, putting them in the big leagues. And those guys are producing. I know Tatis has been hurt recently, but those guys have produced in a big way, and they're they're helping fuel a team contending for a wild card. And and I don't think this contention's a fluke. I, I say this all the time. If you look at the, the the top farm systems in baseball in a given year, like the top two or three, the really elite farm systems, a lot of times those major league teams make a jump a year earlier than you think. We saw it with the Cubs and the Astros in 2015, and they wound up winning World Series. We saw it with the Brewers two years ago when they surprisingly contended for most of the season, and that wasn't a fluke because they almost went to the World Series last year. Um, and I think the Padres, are, you know, we saw it with the Braves last year too, and I think the Padres are the latest example of, like, I, I don't think this is a fluke. You know, these teams with great farm systems, and the Padres farm system isn't just great. I mean, coming into the year, the guys AJ was talking about, the 10 top 100 prospects, the amazing depth, that, that might be the best farm system or collection of farm system talent we've seen in baseball in about a decade at least. Um, and so I don't think it's a fluke, and I think the Padres deserve a lot of credit for not playing these service time games and saying, hey, you know, Fernando Tatis and Chris Paddock can help us win now, and they have. 
Talking to Jim Cowles from MLB Pipeline here on 97.3 The Fan in the morning. Uh, so let, let's see who's next. The, the next guy who's going to come up, who's the next one to graduate from this system? Uh, AJ and I were just sitting here talking about, we'd love to see Josh Naylor come up because they're going to start a six-game road trip in the American League parks in Toronto and in New York. Naylor has been killing it at AAA. And again, we can get into the whole thing with the Pacific Coast League is nowhere near translating when it comes to numbers to Major League Baseball. But you're talking about a guy with 24 walks, 24 strikeouts. I mean, obviously, he can hit. He's 21. He's hit everywhere he's been. Is he the next guy who's going to get a, a shot here? And how much would you like to see a guy like that come up? And especially, maybe just selfishly, but the Canadian kid, let him make his debut in Toronto. How cool would that be? That, that would be cool. And, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And you know, Josh Naylor isn't on our top 100 right now. He's our highest ranked non-top 100 Padre. But he's not that far off. I mean, he's got power. And, and what, what's impressed me about him the last couple of years, you know, he's got big power in there. But he's just a hitter. He hasn't swung for the fences. Um, so I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I, he, you know, is probably best suited for a DH role. Um, and, and fortunately, I think for him, we'll have a DH in the National League within a couple of years. Thank goodness. But, um, he, he, can, he can really hit. And, and I will say one thing that's goofy. It, it's, I don't know why I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a mild rant about this. The, the, anybody who doesn't think the balls in Major League Baseball are juiced might be the wrong term, but let's say like uh, lively might be the best way to put it, just needs to look at AAA. They've switched to Major League balls in AAA this year, and AAA leagues are now scoring, I think, 30 or 35% more runs than the rest of the minors. And you just there, there's guys with crazy offensive numbers everywhere. And as you guys know, El Paso is a great place to hit to begin with. You saw what Ty France was doing at the beginning of the year. But it, it, it's crazy. I mean, the, 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 the slugging percentages, I think, are up 30, 40, 50 points in AAA this year compared to last year. And, you know, it, it's not even been warm yet. You know, those, those tend to rise as the weather rises. So just one... Josh Naylor is legit, but one word of caution, when you look at AAA stats this year, realize the baseballs are the same balls they're using in the big leagues, and they're not what they were using last year, and AAA offensive numbers are through the roof, which is, you know, probably explains, too, why, you know, Logan Allen, you know, that 4.54 ERA, when you adjust for El Paso and the fact that they're basically throwing billiard balls with seams painted on them, uh, that 4.54 ERA is not too bad. Yeah, no kidding. Jim, one, one more real quick before we let you get out of here. Um, the draft this year coming up, AJ's been known to take risks. He he likes his high upside guys. He's also, he, he has a trend of taking pitchers in the last couple of years. Any indication of which way you think the Padres might be leaning this year? I think they go position player. It, it, this is the worst group of college pitchers who belong in the first round I've seen in 30 years. And the Padres are in a position where they pick six. I think there are six hitters who are going to go at the top of the draft in whatever order. They're not going to get a shot at Adley Rutschman, uh, the catcher from Oregon State, or Bobby Wood Jr., high school shortstop from Texas. Um, but they're going to probably wind up with one of, of C.J. Abrams, who's a speedy shortstop from Georgia. Uh, you got J.J. Bleday, the NCAA home run leader for Vanderbilt. He's a right fielder. Riley Green, who's probably a left fielder, but probably the best all-around hitter uh, in the high school crop. Um, it would be all in the mix for them, and I uh, am drawing a quick blood. The other guy is um, is uh, who am I forgetting? Oh, did I mention Andrew Vaughn? I think I forgot Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn is Cal, Cal first base. Yeah, because right. I don't know if Andrew Vaughn will actually make it all the way to six, and I was that's why I was losing. But he's the best all around hitter in college, so I think 
this is a little oversimplified, but assuming all those guys do go in the first six picks like we expect, it probably just comes down to whichever one of the six is left when the Potters pick at six. I'd be very surprised if they took a pitcher. I don't think there's really a pitcher worthy of that spot. If they do go pitching, it would probably be Nick Lodolo, a lefty from TCU, who is the best pitcher in this year's draft, the best college pitcher in this year's draft, but he's probably more of a number three or four starter, and I just don't think that's the type of, of guy that, that A.J. and the Potters will pull a trigger on. At six, I think they'll just take the best player. Jim Cowles, MLB Pipeline, man, that's good. So we, we, what we call in this business a wind-up tour. We just set you up, and you just go, and it's great stuff. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. Uh, let's do it again sometime because you make our jobs easier, and we appreciate that. Yeah, no, it was great talking to you. And, and, and AJ, I'm going to give you a quick shout-out. That, that story you did on Tony Gwynn chasing 400 1994. Anybody listening to this, go to MLB.com and check that out. That was a, a very fun read. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. I had a lot of fun writing that as well. I probably had more fun writing it than you guys all did reading it. I did. It was probably close, though. But anyway, have a good day, guys. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Jim. All right, Jim Cowles, MLB Pipeline. Uh, you coming though to us on the SDCCU Fan Hotline. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.